There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Recording. <laughs> Hi, you're listening to Fail Like an Artist with your hosts, Julie Battisti and me, Phoebe Ganza, a podcast discussing all the ways we've failed as artists with insight, advice and humour. Each episode, we will discuss a failure and what we've learned from it. Howdy doody, Julie. Howdy doody. I'm good. How are you? I didn't ask you. <laughs> I know. It was a pointed, was <laughs> was a pointed moment of like, I'm good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> I'm actually not good if you read between the lines. <laughs> how, how are you, Phoebe? Uh, well, so we're going to try something new today. Phoebe and I are going to ask each other questions. We had you guys submit in a bunch of questions, and I'm going to pick out questions for Phoebe, and she's going to... For who? Phoebe. <laughs> for Phoebe. <laughs> hey, when's she joining us? <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully, she's got a clue because uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to pick out some questions for Phoebe from the list that you guys submitted, and she's going to pick out some questions for me, and we will um, see how that goes as a new mm-hmm. fun. Just trying something different because <laughs> <laughs> always looking for new ideas. <sighs> okay, cool. I think it'll be good. We had some nice questions, and. Um, quite nice to do a kind of slightly different like slightly less sort of heavy episode I think we both need something a little bit lighter this week okay I don't know whose questions are for who (laughs) well let's just pick one at a time okay but they were like supposed to be for like specifically for oh let's just pretend like they were because no one's going to (laughs) remember like they They might what is your Favourite substrate for oil and how do you prime it? Why do you like it versus others? Julie. Do you know this is a new word for me? I've heard, you, I've heard you and Alice throw it around a lot. I say it, I'm assuming it just means what you paint on. Yeah, what would you call it? A surface. Mm, I guess anyway. it's just a bit more of a kind of learned person who uses the word <laughs> substrate. You know, it's not one of those words that I'm comfortable with. It doesn't, it's not in my... It does have a sort of slight wanker tinge to it. <laughs> well, substrate I'm working on? No, it doesn't. I, I quite like it, but um, yeah, surface, medium. I get, mm. No, medium's the thing you use, isn't medium's it? Medium's what you use to it. Yeah. Like maybe I just it's more used in England. I... Mm. So I'm, I'm assuming it's a surface that you use to paint on. Oh, so I love linen uh, would be my favourite. I like a really heavy linen, actually. Mm-hmm. What was the next second part of that question? How do you prime it? Why? No, how do you prime uh, it? I prime my linen with an oil-based gesso. Um, there's a couple. There's an art spectrum one that I use. I use. I really like the language one, but I often can't find it in New Zealand. Mm. And 
there's a gambling one, but I find the gambling one can be quite tacky and I find that cleaning my brushes afterwards takes me a really long time. Because I have used oil paint recently, but I didn't know that there was a different type of gesso for oil. I've just been using regular gesso. Whoops. Is that oh, you bad? can. You, for most of my life, I used just a normal gesso, but the oil-based ones are... They say there's a difference in your colour in the end. Hmm. I think I'd have to look that up. I'm probably just I'm going off literally off the top of my head. I I believe from mm. without actually looking up the answer that your colours sink in less. Okay. Yeah, I would imagine that because the gesso that I use is made up with it's like quite chalky, so is and it's quite absorbent. Yeah. Mm. But I tend to do my um, I do my underpainting in acrylic like a rough acrylic to then that kind of sets the gesso so that when I paint on top with oil yeah. it's already on, like on a non-absorbent surface because I found if I painted yeah. the underpainting in oil it did kind of yeah have a weird it kind of sank into the gesso so didn't know there was an oil-based yeah. version that's just yeah I mean new. it's slightly more annoying or some of them that they're out spectrum one one of them you can still wash your brush in water mm-hmm and but some of them, like the gambling one and the language one, you have to wash your brushes in. Um, like yeah, odorless there must be some sort of like or whatever resiny or I don't know some some sort of yeah thing in them. And they're slightly sort of applying them. You do it quite differently. So with normal gesso, I think the technical way is you're supposed to do it is work from like top to bottom, left to right, the yeah, same way that you normally the way, yeah, do. Yeah, that's the way I do. But oil-based ones, I think I remember once and right again, to left. Bottom to top. No, from the middle out, from the centre <laughs> out. Just silly. Oh, right. Sorry, I was like, I was in my moment. I believe with the gambler one and the oil based ones, you're out. supposed to work from the centre out. How does it know? But it knows. I think it just, yeah, it knows. <laughs> but again, if you're looking for technical advice, I'd say look up the gambler normal language websites. Don't trust what I've just said because that's going off like a five year long mm. memory of why I do what I do. Now I just do it. So why do you like linen? What's what is it about the heavy linen that particularly <gasps> makes you go? Hmm. I like being able to see the grain of the weave, which I know it's something that I think you don't I, like. I, which I always find. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I like it really um, smooth. Yeah, and I feel like cause I feel I like the inconsistency in the linen as well. Mm. Like, so a cotton canvas is really universal, and there's no. I don't know. Mm. I just, it's interesting because I love the look of your. It. I love the look, like of yours, where you can see the weave and the grain. It's nothing to do with that. Like I absolutely love seeing it, but it's me working on it. And I think that mm. might hark back to my screen printing days, where I, I printed on mm. very fine fabric and everything was very. I, everything I did was very um, cut out, you know, and there was it was very flat. And so, and then I moved from that to working on board, which is very flat. And so for me now, when I try to work on a heavy weave, it feels very, it's like, <laughs> it feels too gritty. It's like, I can't do it, can't do it. Even though I yeah, love the end I've, look, it's very, it's just hard for me to do. I feel like, especially on really big work, the heavy linen, it, like the, the paint adheres better or something. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's just a feeling. It's interesting, I've like played it? around a lot. Have you tried? The one that... Have you tried? A, have you ever painted on board? A flat, flat wooden I have, board, and it doesn't work as well don't, for don't me like for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't like the way that the brush um, goes down. Mm. It's interesting because like the, the paint... I love that. That's the bit that yeah. makes me go mm, love a board because mm, so smooth and smooth. It's yeah. so funny. It's what you get used to, what you like. So, like, whenever I have boards now, I cover you them. Cover in, them. And I did that. I did that the other day. I tried it out. Hate. Hated it. <laughs> Showed my husband. And I said, look, oh, what do you think of this? I've been I've been playing around with oils. And he goes, hmm, well, you can definitely see that you're just playing around. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I was like, is it that bad? <laughs> oh, God. It actually is that bad, and I hate it, and I'm, no one's ever going to see it, uh-huh. which is fine, because it was just an experiment. I kind of want you to show it's me. It's so bad. Like, just a little no. sneak, sneak, sneak. <laughs> it's facing the wall of shame. Um, oh. It's not a great painting. It was just me trying out the, the the way that you'd suggested with the linen stuck to the board, and it was just like everything about it felt like I was rubbing my the fur the wrong way. <laughs> 
Um, but interesting, you know, like how two different things can feel so different to two different people. Oh, here's a good one. Because I need to know this one too. Okay. I don't I can't <laughs> see what you're looking at. So what? How to ask for critical feedback of your artwork from non-arty people. <laughs> don't. Next question. <laughs> Well, why would you want feedback from some non-arty person? Mm. Ask yourself why you'd want that. I, so, I guess because you might not have any art friends in your right. life that can come and see the work in person, see, for I example. So, I get it. Okay. I think before you go in, so say it was to like your husband or a friend or something, you could you would say something like, "Hey, look, I've done this painting." I'm not quite sure if it's finished or not yet. Could you take a look at it and just tell me in the nicest possible way what the positives about it are? Like, where do you feel like you think it's working or kind of what, what are your initial, what's your initial feeling? Um, if you could tell me that in a kind of way that isn't going to make me feel <laughs> like terrible and if there is Mm. something about it that you think isn't working um could you explain why and explain what that is and and why but also could you please do it in a in a nice way because I'm sensitive and if you tell me you hate it I will cry (laughs) no but that's a good idea though scaffolding Mm. how you'd like them to express it like what is it that you connect with you in this piece and mm. what is it that you feel doesn't feel right? Yeah. Because sometimes I'll ask people in my life <laughs> yeah, like <me>. and the comments <laughs> and the comments that come out will be um, – it, it, sometimes even when they're a good comment, it's just really concise. Like it'll be like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like that's – Yeah, and it's not the, and it's not think, the right good comment. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I think it's fine can be like the worst thing someone yeah. can say to you about your artwork. Yeah. It's like, I don't want it to be something that people can just walk past. Yeah. And... I think having the sandwich like method, asking for a sandwich mm. method, the, you know, like the shit sandwich where it's like something good, then there's something negative, then finished on something good. Like, so you could sort of say, oh, I've never heard that before. Haven't you heard about the shit sandwich? Like, yeah, when you're giving feedback. No. So you could like give the positive, then you give the negative. It's a really horrible image. I'm sorry. And then you, and then you I mean, give the positive. Easy to remember, positive. though. Yeah. <laughs> and you could say, "Look, could you could you give me feedback like that?" And so, um, it could be like, "Here's my painting," uh, and they could be like, oh, "Okay, so I really love the colours you've used, and I think you know that this area here is looking really good, but this piece here doesn't feel like it's part of it. It's not quite integrated well enough, um, but it's." it's really I really like it so maybe you could work on trying to make that bit kind of blend a bit better with this area um so Mm. yeah if you if you can ask someone and inform them first that you feel vulnerable and that it's taken you a lot to ask but so if they have only negative things to say about it could they find a way of saying it in a way that's going to be sort of mindful and sensitive towards your feelings Oh, I like that. Mm. Okay. No, that was really helpful. <clears throat> okay. Well, there you go. Have you always used your own reference photos and have you had any photography training? have always used my own reference photos. Occasionally I've actually used pictures that my husband has taken, but I would never probably go – I'd probably never use anyone else's, I think. Mm. Uh, never is a strong word. I'd prefer to use my own mm. where possible. Um, I learnt photography at high school. I then studied it. We did a little bit of photography at university. Um, and then back when I was about to start teaching again, my husband's actually quite knowledgeable in terms of photography. So I sat down and did an online photography course Mm -hmm. just to get my skills back up to date before I started teaching kids. Ended up teaching the after school film photography club at the high school that I taught at Mm -hmm. and learnt Oh, yeah, some, somewhat on the way, but it had been, I was sort of refreshing a lot of skills that I hadn't used since I was at high school. Yeah. But that sort of, I think, brought back that love of photography for me mm. a lot. And so for the longest time, I've just been using a really very basic DSLR camera, but not a good one. And this year I finally sort of 
invested in a decent camera for myself, mm-hmm. which felt like a really big deal. Mm. Um, but I've been really happy making those moves. I feel like I'm constantly learning. It's one of the things that I'd like to do in you know, my downtime is do some more photography mm. classes. I just look for some online ones because I do feel like the better skills I have with the camera um, like the better reference photos I've got, the better my paintings can be. Mm. Um, and so I know all the basics. There is one good book that I used to recommend to my students a lot just because it was uh, quite easy to digest without being too wordy but with great um, example images and with just all of the basics. Mm-hmm. And that was called uh, Read This Book If You Want to Take Good Photos or something like that. Mm. Um, in the show notes. I'll find it and I'll put it in the show notes because I – if you're going to get one small book to teach you about shutter speed and um, ISO and how mm-hmm. that's important and how it comes across in your work, I've, I've always mm-hmm. found that a great place to start anyway. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I love photography. That was another ro- road that I almost went down, photography. Because mm, you used to you worked as a photographer for a while. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty much the same as you. Did it at school, loved it, did it at uni, along, almost swap switched. I was frustratingly mm. talked out of it and in my second year I almost switched and changed to photography instead of textile design I really wanted to and they they talked me out of it I just wasn't assertive enough to be like no mm-hmm. I really you know I listened my to sister grown-ups. studied photography oh. um after high school yeah. and then worked um for a photographer for a while mm. and she's got a really beautiful eye and I've yeah. always kind of just seen photography as being her thing. Yeah. So I've been really lucky that I've got two people in my life that have been able to teach me mm-hmm. like lots of bits and bobs, but I would never, I've done bits of photography. So I used to take some photos for a few people for their social media, yeah. but nothing, yeah. nothing too serious, I'd say. Yeah. No, it was, I do love it. And, but then turning it into a job, I mean, a lot of that was, yeah, like online learning that I did mm. and then re- refreshing and then just taking heaps of photos and then um I think then I was like it just I didn't love it as much as painting I mean I love it for for taking reference photos and I'm always taking photos like that's kind of my my I just collect photos like every day I'm, I must take 20 photos every day of just random stuff <laughs> and then I have to go through and cull cull them all but um <laughs> yes yeah, so it's like I think you, uh, one of the best ways to learn is just to actually pick a camera up and just start mm. taking the photos. And then there's so much online now. Gosh, that wasn't there when we were young. Yeah. Like, you, you know, there'll be like um, Skillshare courses and stuff that you could take nowadays. I think that's what I did. I think the first course that I did was just a Skillshare course. Mm. Mm. Um, I still get a little bit bamboozled by um, lenses. mm like, I know the basics, but I'm not a real aficionado. No. Like, my husband can go, will spend ages looking for yeah. a particular lens for a particular thing, whereas I've got two that I use. So That's okay. I mean, I just, if they do yeah, the job, you know. Oh, my God, they're so expensive. Exactly. I think having more than that would break the bank. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I love the, the ones with the, um, the sh- short depth of field, you know, when you get that beautiful, mm. like, close-up kind of sharp picture and then just the background's all blurry love that so I love photos with depth of field but I don't use a depth of field in the painting for my paintings no yeah so hard to paint that I suppose lots of people do I've just never wanted that in my yeah Mm. which is yeah interesting anyway we've just digressed on camera stuff digress sorry um (laughs) all right so I've got one for you yeah can you tell us about your experience using acrylics to oils and the differences and will you continue? Yeah. So I'm, I'm in the kind of transition stage. (laughs) I feel moving from acrylics to oils. I, I've been practicing, like I said, um, behind the scenes. Um, and it's, like anything it's one of those things nothing happens overnight like it takes a long time to learn a new skill and integrate that when when you're trying to learn it it's not there's no there's no shortcuts like apart from doing the thing um Mm. 
uh, you can read all the books in the world, but until you actually do the thing, it's not, you know, that's what you need, the muscle memory and the kind of like, oh, right, that is how this happens. Because it it is different. It is really different. And it's been really hard for my brain to, to like, latch on to the difference. What's the difference? What are the differences? Because I don't, I've never... Well, like, it's the opposite, you know, like, acrylics dry really, really quickly. <laughs> so when you work on one area, you can move to the other side and then you can rest your hand on the canvas and not smudge the painting underneath. And then you can move straight back over to that other side and do another layer of that colour. And so I tend to be quite haphazard and, um, <laughs> you know, all over the show with my paintings, like... I think because my attention span as well, like I'll be like, oh, do this bit. And then it's like, mm, actually, border that bit now. Move over here. Do this bit. Oh, I move back over here. Do another layer on this bit. And so when I'm working with acrylics, that works really well because I'm able to kind of hop about and move all over and do multiple layers in one section in the space of an hour, you know. Um, mm-hmm. With oils, even with a fast drying medium added, you're not necessarily going to get it touch dry in an hour that you can then go back in and... Oh. 24 if you're lucky mate. exactly so um <laughs> i you know there's a definite slowness it's forcing me to slow down and it's forcing me to kind of work a lot more in layers um which is the thing that always kind of put me off but the the the, the when i've like just made peace with that of like okay well i can actually work on multiple pieces at once and just get the one layer done and put that to one side mm then do another layer and then the next day I can, it's touch dry I mean I use paint thin enough that in, in 24 hours it is touch dry and I can work on the second mm. layer because I don't really work I'm not an pasto painter I don't work with thick 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 layers it takes mm. a long time to dry um but it's just the blendability blendability um that's just like next level amazing so when I'm working on that kind of the more um detail layers or the color kind of blending layers um it's so nice and I'm like oh I really like this (laughs) it's so easy to blend the colors and I don't know why like with acrylic it is really hard to get this really the the way I want it to look takes a lot of effort with acrylics for me personally to get it to look I guess like oils <laughs> I don't know like to have that blend blended look with oils is, mm. is really s- sort of easy and with acrylics is quite a challenge even with like painting mediums and um, retarders and all these things added I still don't quite often get the same it takes a lot of effort to kind of get this same gradient look that I want um, so yeah I think moving like and so this the painting I'm working on this week which I need to get finished and painted like by the weekend uh so I couldn't use oils because I was like it's not gonna Mm. happen baby it's just so amazing to me (laughs) um I need to get this finished and painted and sent and like I you know can't do that with oils so I've been just using acrylics and I've part of me is like this is so frustrating (laughs) like I want this to blend (laughs) and it's not doing what I was doing yesterday with the oils um so yeah they both have great elements and so I've been doing the underpainting the first layer in acrylic with the oil paints like I said mm-hmm. because of the gesso being a bit more absorbent and just to get that quick underpainting done um where I'm really just uh, looking at values and shapes so that's I'm not there's no detail there's just like I want to get the shapes down and 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 the composition and I want to get the kind of values um just there and then put that to one side I can like all within an hour or two I can start working on it in oils and um just really enjoying it I'm just really enjoying the feeling of the oils and just mixing them and the colors and the fact that the colors there's no color shift which I know you can get with acrylics now um there's just something about them they're just thick and nice so I'm, I'm a convert. I'm excited to see you sort of make some changes. Next yeah. time you come, you'll have to play around with mine because you didn't really get the opportunity no, to this time. No, I didn't, time. no. So, yeah, I don't know if that answered the question. Did it? Yeah, I think so. Differences and will you continue? Yeah. Hmm. Favourite living painter and favourite dead painter? <laughs> oh, shit, these require some thought. 
Google it. My favourite feels like such a big call. Okay. Painters. All right. Caravaggio is probably going to be up there with my favourite. Oh, yeah. Favourite dead guys. Mm-hmm. Um, work, not person. is a bit controversial. Yeah, I think um, we can just separate work from us. So living painters, I th- can I, I'm going to cheat and do two. That's fine. One is a local painter and one's an international mm-hmm. because I can't decide between them. Um, so there's a local lady called Maria Kemp who does these beautiful ribbony um, landscapes mm. that are very much sort of very, they always feel very Otago to me. Mm. Um, I'll put some pictures up. I've, we've, I've been oogling her work for a good decade now wanting to buy it and I feel like I just need to start squirreling away some money because I really, I just, I'm obsessed. That's cool. Um, and have been for a long time. And she's with De Novo, actually. I think I saw her work so, and you showed me. Yeah, yeah. I really love Beautiful. it. And the international one would be Cindy Rizza, who just does the most beautiful mm. paintings of, I'd, I'd say delicate little moments. So she does paintings of crocheted knitted blankets. Yeah that had been piled up on top of chairs and she did the most amazing self-portrait of herself while she was breastfeeding mm. her daughter, I think. And she just has this way of capturing light that yeah. I've always thought was amazing. And I've heard her talk on a podcast before about her work and just loved the way that she spoke about her work as well. Mm. So, you know, when you like someone's work and then you get to know more about them and you like yeah. them even more. Yeah. So that'd be cool. too. I know I'm not supposed to just reflect this back to you, but what? who would yours be? Oh, Dad, probably Hopper. Oh, yeah, I can Edward see that. Hopper. Yep. Yeah, I've always loved him ever since I was at school and I remember my art teacher showing me a book of his and I was just like, oh, my God, I don't know why I feel so mm-hmm. seen, but there's something about, like, his way of capturing kind of like a real melancholy solitariness and at the time yeah i was riddled with anxiety as a child and i didn't know it because obviously who knew that you had anxiety in the 80s and 90s it wasn't a thing um but i felt like this very separateness from a lot of people and didn't really understand you know i didn't really didn't really like a lot of things about my personality you know i always felt like i was trying to be someone different mm. than who i was and I don't know, seeing his work was really, like, it kind of just, I felt like this connection with these people that were just sort of alone in these paintings and there was something about that, the way yeah. he captured this. I don't think I, I could articulate that at the time, but I just remember, like, feeling, like, really, yeah, obviously, because I was, like, 14. Um, <laughs> I wasn't that. <laughs> but I, I just remember looking at these paintings and feeling, like, really connected to them in a way that I hadn't been with any other art like really like Mm. felt really like this expresses something in me that I can't articulate and I don't know why and it it wasn't Mm. until I was an adult and looked at them again you know a few years ago probably and was like oh there's so much about why I love these that like now I understand and it's the the light and yeah just I find choosing your favourite painters a tough oh, one. Like, a I tough feel like, one. like, oh, is Caravaggio my favourite? Yeah, and a lot about Hopper I didn't like as a person when I read up about him, but the paintings mm. in particular, there was just something about like the way he captured this essence of like. Mm, you yeah. articulated that really mm, beautifully. And I love the light, the way he captures light and just shadow and stuff is just like, just really hits that sweet spot in me. So obviously, a bit obsessed. And Living? God, Living's a real hard one because like, hmm. The one one living artist that's that is still quite well known that I still really love is David Hockney, um, for his colour. Like absolutely love his colour. And I really mm. I really love his stuff from like the sixties, the, the swimming pools and things that he did in the kind of um Californian homes and uh, yeah, really love I really love that era of his in particular. But someone who's like not well 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 known in the big I guess, you know, household name, um, an artist called rick santon um i would love to own a piece of his work that it's just it really is just hits the sweet spot when i look at it uh i'll have Mm. to put him in the show notes he is have you seen his work he does um these i'll just show you on the screen 
He does these. You see that? Oh, beautiful. He does like these these paintings that look like they're on like a window or something, which has got condensation on it. And then he writes like words on them. And it's just That's amazing. I don't know how he does it. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't know how he does that. But when you look at the detail on it, it's like, it's just mind blowing. I'm like, I love that. Wow. And I would love to own one of those. And he just, they're just, there's everything about them is just like, look at that. Look at that. That's amazing. Oh. He's like, every time I see him in my feed, I'm like, I want to be rich and buy one of those. <laughs> I've got a question for you. Um, how funny is Phoebe in person? <laughs> I mean... I mean, we did laugh a lot while you were here. <laughs> I remember telling you that my birth story on the beach. <laughs> oh my goodness! I literally we were walking it's probably... along the beach at one point. We won't we won't retell the story. No. I feel like you may. No, no. You may want to probably not for the public. Yes. <laughs> I, I had to stop walking, and I was like bent over into laughing so hard, I was almost crying. Um. Yeah. Sorry. It was just a kind of silly question. Um, we did laugh feel a like lot. You are, oh, you're very good at delivery. Like your the way that you deliver a line is always full of. Like I feel like your drama <laughs> training shows through. You've got quite good comedic timing. Yeah. Whereas I know that that's something that I really suck at. <laughs> like you know when you, someone tells a joke and then they stuff it up because they've like told it in the wrong order or given away the. That's like my husband when me. he tells a funny story or like tries to story, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you led with the punchlines. So. <laughs> yeah. That's me. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm. There's I a lot am, more laughing yeah. at me than with me. Whereas with you, I think it's the reverse. Bit of both sometimes. But. I mean, oh, I don't know. We. I felt like by the end of the week, I was so unwell that I don't think I was funny anymore. But yeah, well, you were funnier at the start. <laughs> it slipped. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you um, a proper question. So, why would you choose mm-hmm. a mirror palette over just a glass or grey glass palette? Oh, this is just because mirrors are easier and cheaper to find. So I love that. Sorry, guys. It was not a real... So I always found glass really... Like when you're using a, making a glass, using a glass palette, it has to be quite thick glass. Mm, it has to be tempered, and because I it? like to reuse it as much as possible. And I just found that mirrors were... I could always just find lots of little mirrors at Bunnings for quite cheap. Mm. And um, so I try and reuse it as much as possible, but sometimes... By the time I've used like a resin medium on it and left it for too long and then forgotten about it and <laughs> it's really crusty, sometimes I can't be bothered cleaning it off mm, 100% mm. and so I just get a new one. So that's, that's it. That's it. Yeah, and you've got me onto mm. it. And I, they look nice as well. They kind of reflect it's things. It's kind of cute. They, look kind yeah, of cool. they don't photograph very well. I'll give them that much. Well, I don't know. I think they look quite cool photograph because it's kind of mm. a bit of optical illusion going on. Yeah, um, I'm loving it. I'm loving using it. What would be your favourite colour that you use? Your favourite oil or acrylic colour? Oh, um, it's called Nickel Azo Gold. Mm. I know the one. And you and is, would that be the same yep. in um in yep. oils and acrylics? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Do you find the colours quite similar? Yep. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's it's yeah pretty similar i would say i don't know side by side compared it but it's a really it's also known as quinacridone azo gold i think something like that um i'll pop a picture in the show notes it's a it's just a really lovely uh warm but transparent color so it's sort of similar i guess on a on a spectrum to say something like a um sienna brown maybe um it's but it's transparent and it's like just the most lovely mix of a kind of orange orangey yellowy brown that's not garish it's like a Hmm. sappy kind of caramel the color of like golden syrup in a paint 
I'd never heard of it before. And when I was in Melbourne last time, I bought you a tube from my favorite mm. art supply shop and bought one for myself as mm-hmm. well. And I've been using it oh, and okay. really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, I find it's really, it's a really beautiful warm color to use for my clouds. Mm. That's not um, because it's, it's not transparent. It tints really nicely. Yeah. It does, yeah. Because it's not got any white in it. Um, it's quite a warm yellow. It's a warmy yellow, but it's but it's also like a dirty kind of yellow. You know, it's not like a... It's not. It's, yeah, it's definitely dirty. Mm. It's a really nice one for mixing and just like muting down a blue or a green or a red or something. Mm. And I just, I use it, I use it every, all, all of my, pretty much all my underpainting, I would use the acrylic version of that um yeah i love that i love also green gold um quite a red can't get past a fallow blue <laughs> mm. yeah but yeah all right then we're gonna stop you there yeah, you're just gonna keep, <laughs> keep gonna list listening. all my colors all my face <laughs> that's just a really good i just have it in my arsenal and I just find I use it. It's a bit of a fave. What about you? Have you got right. a fave? I'm going to ask you the same question. What's your fave? Uh, fave, 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 all time. Had to have. I don't know. That's a tough one. Like It's a tie. Mm, I can't choose one. Mm. I can't choose one. Okay. Um, a mixture of cobalt blue mm-hmm. and indanthrin blue, or however it is I'm supposed to say that <laughs> like fallow the cobalt blue fallow. is like a i know i always feel like such how a do you say the fa- how do you say fallow fallow is it fallow or fallow fallow i have to ask that man on the internet <laughs> how to pronounce it it's pronounced fallow blue oh thank <laughs> pretty sure it's not that it's <laughs> helpful um how do you um, um show me the blue so in danthrone blue in is almost in Danthrone. It's almost a purpley mm. blue, but it's I've never got, heard of um, it. Oh, it's really, really, really nice to use. It's especially good with clouds mm-hmm. if you don't want to go too grey. Mm. So it's still got a really punchy blue tone, oh, yeah. but it's that little bit violet. Paints grey also, Faith. Paints grey. Oh yeah, I probably paints grey is probably my most used. Like, yeah, that's the I, MVP. I have of to my have painting kit. Yeah. What, what's MVP stand for? Most valuable player. <laughs> I only just realised the other day what GOAT stands for. What does it stand for? Greatest of all time. (laughs) I literally thought they were like, that's the GOAT. My kids were always like, oh, that's the GOAT. That's the GOAT. He's the GOAT. And I'm like, I don't get it. Is this an insult? Or like, why do you want to be a GOAT? And my son looked at me like I was actually thick. I was like, greatest of all time, mum. And I'm like, oh, it's an acronym. I see. MVP. <laughs> Goat. Well, that's like Hamish and Andy did a bunch of acronyms on their show a few weeks back. Yeah. And I'd never heard of any of no. them before. But now every so often I send you a message saying B-S-A-A-W, which apparently means big smile and a wink. I thought it was like something like big wet kiss and a something. <laughs> um, yeah, the MVP is going to be nickel, azo, gold and Payne's grey and titanium white. Like they are there. Stop now. Yeah. And yours are cobalt blue, that purple blue that I can't say, and Payne's grey. Yeah. But I feel like all your all your um flowers are pink. So what what pink is? What's your favorite red? Uh, but I use like twenty reds, like twenty mm, pinks, okay. I would say. So like anything from a magenta to naphthol red to yeah, I like them all. Hmm. Mm. It's very hard, mm. isn't it? Okay, Julie, have you always painted large canvases or did you start small and work up? Uh, I was painting quite on um, quite big canvases even when I was at high school, actually. And at uni, I always worked quite big. Mm. Um, working smaller has been something I've probably been playing around with more the last few years than ever before. Like, I've always occasionally... Like once a year I'll throw in a 20 centimetre canvas for something or other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm probably enjoying small works more now than I ever have before. But I'm also enjoying my largest works more than anything else. I think if I could choose, I would only work super, super big or super, super small. 
I would only work on like two meters by 1.5 or and 10 by 10. Wow. And then just like not work on all the middle, mid, all of the middle sizes. Mm-hmm. What about you? I know we were supposed to just be asking each yeah. other questions, but I want to know. I, I'm, I've not really ever gone bigger than 1.2 meters, one point, you know, 120 centimeters. Um, purely because I find like that posting it at bigger than that is stressful. So I've never wanted to. Mm. Um, I've, I haven't really gone bigger than 75 centimeters with a still life yet because it feels a bit scary. Um, I, I really like like a 40 or 50 centimeters. That's my sweet spot. I just like that size. Mm. Um, yeah, small feels quite hard. 20 centimeters does feel quite hard. Um, do you know what you should try out? I should post it to you so you can try it. Is that artistic easel of mine, the one that you can oh, yeah. twist around? Because especially the way that you work, I reckon yeah, you'd really enjoy it. And especially would. if you want to start working in oils, it'll let you get your yeah. hand in your work less. Well, I just have to turn the painting around a lot, which is annoying. Mm. It's really good for that. Yeah, I'm having to... It's very hard to learn to not rest my hand on the painting. That is, I'm just lazy and I end up with my hands like absolutely filthy when I've used oil paint because I don't know I'm so messy welcome to the club do you ever think that painting in acrylics is inferior to oils or is seen as they've written um I I do still think there is a little bit of a tendency for people to think that acrylics are not as kind of professional or you know and I, I think I probably still have that slight feeling of like, oh, but she paints in oils and I only paint in acrylics. You know, that... Um, mm. I don't know why, and I think it probably just harks back to when acrylics kind of first came out and they weren't as good and the colours weren't as, like, light fast or as nice as you could get with oil paints. And I think the technology has improved so much over the past, like, probably two decades that now... You, you know, especially with the good brands of paint out there, um, golden and whatnot, that acrylic uh, um, acrylic paints are as vibrant and as amazing to look at. And, you know, a lot of the time people assume that my work is oil paint. Um, you don't, yeah. I always feel that yours always looks super, um, I can't think of the word. Lustrous? Lustrous. Mm, I like that. Yeah, I think I think it's more noticeable if you paint with acrylics and it goes and it doesn't look good. Like it's I think probably it's it takes a bit of practice and skill, I think, to make acrylics have a kind of depth to them, perhaps, that oil paints kind of have have naturally. There's a kind of thickness and thinness that you can achieve with oil paints that with acrylics takes a bit of practice to get to maybe um mm. and i and i do just think it's probably like that just people's think that oh oil paints are more expensive and they are harder to use and they you know there's reason you know there's a reason why the masters use them it's like well maybe if the masters had acrylic paints back 500 years ago whatever they may have used those instead Mm. who knows um so i do think probably there is still some people that think acrylics are inferior to oils i don't think that's true um i think you know you're only as what's the thing about a workman blaming his tools like if you are good at your skill and you use whatever tools well you will create something that can be amazing regardless like people paint with all sorts of different mediums and create amazing art um it doesn't really matter what the medium is it's about the delivery of the idea and the intention and how that all comes together Mm. um yeah and I used to always think no I'm never going to shift to oils because I don't want to like I don't I don't want to like turn my back on acrylics because they've always been the thing that I've used and but to be honest, if I had been shown how to use them probably 20 years ago, I may have 
switch sooner just because the way I paint with the way I want to blend colors and the way that I want to achieve mm. that luster it is it is not easier but it it's not about ease it's about the vision that I've got in my head and the way I want it to appear c- comes out better I think sometimes with oils. oil paintings lend themselves to that sort yeah. of malleability a bit more than acrylics by the sound I don't you have not used acrylics for a long yeah. time for me it's purely a financial thing like I'm really curious about acrylics but I can't be bothered getting a whole yeah. new because they like, are expensive. Out and something new. Like a good acrylic you know series five mm. series seven acrylic paint is you know you're looking at 30 40 dollars 50 dollars for the mm. paint you know it's not like it's it might be cheaper if you go down the the student road, the student grade road. But for an art, artist grade paint, there's certain colours out there. They're they're just as expensive as oil paints. There's no difference in mm. cost, so it's not about that. Um, so yeah, hopefully people will realise that like it doesn't matter. And I think I think it doesn't matter so much now. But I do sort of sort of sometimes feel like when you see a painting and it's like so and so oil on linen it sort of versus like cotton and acrylic it feels like oh well that one's clearly Mm. better and more expensive and it's not to say it's it is it's not to say it is better and yeah Mm. it's more of a kind of um stigma i guess that it's just got a shift yeah the only reason so the reason that i started moving from cotton to linen was five years ago or whenever it was I can't quite remember when I started to try and make my practice as environmentally friendly Mm, as possible mm. the thing I kept getting stuck on was just cotton is a really tough one yeah like environmentally and then so that's when I was I didn't move to linen for any and then now I just really love it yeah I don't think I could go back now so it's a surface that I've yeah that I made the switch for one reason and I've stuck with it for another because it's yeah but I think there is there's something I think with linen and cotton certainly I think in the gallery sphere people tend to see linen as being more of a premium Mm -hmm. surface I guess it is more expensive or whatever to paint on yeah I don't know it'd be interesting to look into if there's a quality thing there like if I mean I think linen does archivally possibly last longer than Mm. cotton but nowadays like a lot of them are like poly I don't know that a lot of people and yeah who yeah does it matter if it's 200 years time it's not I think a... pick what you like yeah exactly yeah um yeah all so right that's that um we've got lots more Could questions have to... but I think that's it for today um let us know what you think of this one yeah a bit of a new format um mixing it up again yeah, and we'll we'll kind of delve into another topic in a bit more of a meteor um sort of way next time Okay, um, and thank you so much to all of you who have contributed to our Ko-Fi donations this week. Thank you to Sam, B, Caroline, Mar- is it Mariak or is it should be Mariah K or Mariak? I'm not sure. Let's go with Mariah K. I'm going to go with Mariah K. Mariah K, Oakley, Caitlin, Norma, Sam, Teresa and Megan or Megan. I don't know how you say your name. Um, thank you so much. It means so much to us. We really, really appreciate you supporting us. Thank you, guys. And we have two artist shout-outs this week. So thank you for going on and filling out the form. And just a little note to say that it, you know, it's a really tough thing to put your work out there. So if you have the time, go along and check out these people. Mm-hmm. We'll put um, links to them both in the show notes um, next week because we don't do show notes for these little catch-up episodes. No. Oh, no, this isn't a catch-up episode. No. It'll be in the show notes for this episode. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the day is. Um, so the first one um, has been submitted by uh, Trisha Howletter, and it's for the Wildside oh, Art that's Group. Hewletter. Uh, okay. So the first one is from Trisha Hewletter, and it is for the Wildside Art Group 10th anniversary show. Um, October 6th is the opening night. It is in Hiniwai Reserve, I'm sure in banks peninsula new zealand sorry totally balls that up all right um put a link in the show notes i'll put a link in the show notes for all of that information because i don't think i've done a very good job of reading that out uh okay and the next um 
person is Amy Jury and she has a show called Evidence that is happening on the 9th of September and it's her first solo show of paintings and there is a link to that in our show notes and it's on for three weeks in Hove in the UK. Um, fantastic, I love her work, I, I, I recognise the name. Good luck with that, both of you. All right, um, I think that's just about it for today. Yeah. We are going to wrap this up and we would love for you to take a screenshot, share it with a friend, tag us on social media, fail like an artist, make sure you're following, make sure you're subscribed, leave us a review if you want to. Five stars, thank you very much. We love you. Goodbye. Thanks, Julie. Thanks for joining me, Phoebe. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Keep failing. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.